Good morning and welcome to Grow Siouxland. Chris McGowan with the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce and the Siouxland Initiative coming to you this morning from the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce radio studios located on the lower level of our building at 101 Pier Street in the heart of downtown Sioux City. On behalf of our producer, Mr. Justin Barker, we'd like to thank Chris Bogenreef of NAI United. Folks, today we have a fascinating program for you. Uh, this is not a first-time guest. This is someone who has been with us uh, a number of times in the past, but in a new capacity. Colonel Brian Miller is a retired fighter pilot and command pilot, the former wing commander of the 185th Air Refueling Wing right here in Sioux City, Iowa. Colonel Miller is now serving as the Director of Aviation for Morningside University, and earlier this week, Morningside University launched their first flight with a student pilot, and over the course of the next half an hour, we're going to visit with Colonel Miller about the Morningside Aviation Program. Colonel Miller, welcome to Grow Siouxland. Great to have you back in studio. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. We uh, know that you had a very significant milestone this week, and we're going to talk about that milestone in the Morningside Aviation Program at length. But before we get there, as we do each Saturday morning, we introduce our guest to our listening audience. Our friends at KSEJ may know your background, but for those who do not, tell us about where you grew up. Well, I'm a, a Sioux City, <clears throat> excuse me, a Sioux City born and raised kid. Uh, grew up, uh, went to Sioux City East High School, and then on to Wayne State College. Joined the 185th Air National Guard Wing along the way. Started out as a young mechanic and worked my way up to eventually get selected to go to flight school. So I went to pilot training for the Air Force in Del Rio, Texas. And then over the years, flew A-7s, F-16s, and KC-135s at the end of my career. Um, spent a significant amount of time over in Afghanistan and some other places in that area. And uh, yeah, now I'm retired and I, I was looking for something to do that was beneficial to Siouxland and that I would find interesting. And I always enjoy working with young people. And that's when I approached John Reinders, the previous president of Morningside, about starting a flight school. And here we are four years later, and it finally literally took off this week. Yeah, and congratulations to you and to, to all involved. Uh, that said, Colonel Miller, we're not going to let you uh, cover your childhood and your early career uh, that quickly with not, without a little pushback. So I know a few things about you. Um, I have some history with the 185th as well. My father is a Vietnam veteran, served with the 185th uh, back in the late 1960s. Um, but you have a very interesting story. You, you graduated from East High School, uh, enlisted in the Air National Guard, and at the time, you were one of the few student pilots at undergraduate pilot training to attend without having a college degree completed. Yeah, I, um, I had two years of college done. And the opportunity came up, go to flight school. And I was very fortunate there were some people at the Air Guard that were willing to stick their neck out and write some waivers so I could actually attend pilot training without a college degree. I only had 61 college credits. And yeah, and it worked out. It worked out great for me. Yeah, and I'm not gonna. I'm, you're gonna be too humble, but I'm gonna pull this out uh, for this interview. Uh, how did you graduate at Del Rio from UPT? Well, I was. I must have been with a lot of bad pilots because <laughs> <laughs> I ended up graduating first out of my class down there. So it went really well for me. And 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 that's great. Now, for those who do not know, you spend about a month doing ground school, then about five months flying.
buying a subsonic T-37, then go into the supersonic T-38. You earn your wings. What comes next as someone who's going to fly fighters, specifically A-7s in Sioux City? Well, after leaving Del Rio, Texas, you're right, I was there a year, and then we went to Holloman Air Force Base, which is Alamogordo, New Mexico, uh, to do lead-in fighter training. So that's where you got your first taste of what it's like to fly fighter aircraft and what that takes. And then after three months there, you go on to, I went on to Tucson, Arizona, for A7 school at the time, and that was about a six and a half month school where you honed your skills, you know, in the particular airplane you're going to or the platform you're going to fly. And then so after that, basically two years um, back in Sioux City, I come and it's about another year and a half to two years back here in Sioux City until you're full up qualified and everything. So it's it's a three and a half, four year journey from from the start line until where you're a trained, competent, uh, go-to-war pilot. You're listening to Grow Siouxland on KSEJ, 1360 AM, 94.9 FM, where our guest this morning is retired Colonel Brian Miller, former commander of the 185th Air Refueling Wing. Brian spent his career flying A-7s and F-16s and now is serving as the Director of Aviation for Morningside University's recently announced aviation curriculum and academic program. And Colonel Miller, you flew A-7s for a period of time and then it was back to school to learn how to fly an F-16, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I flew A-7s for about four and a half years, and then it was off to to F-16 school when we converted, which uh, was great for me personally. I mean, the F-16 was a blast to fly, and it was great for the 185th at the time. You know, it gave us a, a modern platform that we flew for well over a decade. Yeah, and for those who do not know... Uh, how demanding physically as well as as mentally and intellectually was it to fly that f-16 well it i mean it, let's it, it was a 9g airplane so you you had to be ready to go do that uh, honestly be, being short helps so that was a big advantage i had um, short stocky people can handle g's a little easier i'm not saying better but it was easier for us and for those who may not understand your uh, fighter pilot lingo uh, G is the, the gravitational pull placed on the body when in flight. Right, yeah, like as we sit here and we do our stuff day to day, we live in 1G, one force of gravity. So if you weigh 200 pounds sitting here, which unfortunately I'm pretty close to right now, you know, at 9Gs, that means I weigh 1,800 pounds. So, so yeah, I mean, it was a physically demanding airplane to fly, but, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and when when we talk about that, uh, a big part of it is learning to do an anti-G uh, stress maneuver to keep blood flow to the brain, to make sure you don't G-lock, but you also have uh, a G-suit for that that pumps air into your lower extremities and, and keeps air in your upper extremities. Um, is there ever an incident where you went, man, nine G's was, that was more than I anticipated, more than I was ready for this morning? No, not really. I mean, you were trained for it and all that. Uh, you know, you went to a centrifuge before you ever went to F-16 school. You had to go to a centrifuge where they'd spin you up to nine G's for, I think it was 20 seconds, if I remember right, 20 or 30. So, I mean, no, you had a lot of good training. There was good equipment with that. But, uh, I mean, you had to be cognizant that, 
um, at nine G's, bad things can happen to you in a hurry if you don't stay on top of it. So, And Brian, I know that much of your career includes some classified deployments. Uh, obviously, we can't get into that. But for those who are curious uh, and for information you can share with us, you were deployed in the war on terror, both in fighters and in refueling tankers. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. I, uh, both of those. And then uh, I did spend probably my last big deployment was I spent just about seven months over in Afghanistan. And not because I'm anyone special, but right when I got there, they created a new position and they reorganized how the Air Force was deployed. And so interestingly enough, I ended up in the number two position for the 10,000 airmen that were over there. So that, that was a, a very unique experience, too. And Brian, before we go to commercial break, uh, if you'd be so kind, tell us a little bit about your family, if you would. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, it's all, you know, everyone always commends those of us who deploy. And the reality is the real heavy lifting is done by those left behind. And my wonderful wife, Leola, and uh, my son and his wife, we have two grandkids. Uh, my mom's still here in Sioux City. So yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've had great support over the years. And um, all the success I've had is certainly because of having a great family. You know, I, I, I hope that uh, some of that family is listening, some of your extended family. I know that Leola's family has a fascinating history. Uh, her mother coming to the United States actually fled Soviet-dominated dom communism and uh, came across the Berlin Wall. She did. She, she escaped. And if you look up, if some of you are listening out there, if you get on Google and just type in uh, Czech Freedom Tank, you'll find all kinds of stuff. Right? And yeah, she was an amazing lady. And it probably explains a little of my wife's stubbornness once in a while. I think it's in the genes. Well, I, I will tell you, it is a, a fascinating story for those uh, who are interested. If you look up uh, Czech Freedom Tank, uh, to summarize, uh, Leola, uh, her mother, uh, is a teenager, I believe. Yes. A very young woman. Yes. Yep. Um, was part of a group that built a homemade tank and went across the Berlin Wall to freedom uh, post-World War II, obviously, after, uh, after the Soviets and, and their satellite countries separated East and West Berlin. Again, you're listening to Grow Siouxland. My name is Chris McGowan. I serve as your host. Our producer, Justin Barker, is back in studio, and our sponsor each week for Grow Siouxland remains Chris Bogenreef of NAI United. Our guest today is Colonel Brian Miller of the 185th Air Refueling Wing, a retired uh, command pilot with uh, thousands of hours in fighters, A7s and F-16s, and then also flying the KC-135 refueling tanker. Colonel Miller, in many respects, is the father of aviation uh, at Morningside University. He initially uh, approached uh, then-President John Reinders and also the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce and the Siouxland Initiative in an attempt to increase activity at Sioux Gateway Airport. And in the second half of the program, we're going to talk extensively about that new program. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial property in Siouxland? One call is all you need. NAI United, the largest and highest producing commercial real estate firm in Siouxland. Speak with Bo Bronger, Nick Madsen, Aaron Rooney, Nate Connolly, or Chris Bogenreid. NAI United has the answers to your questions for commercial real estate in all corners of Siouxland. All NAI agents are licensed in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota. But NAI United to work for you today. Go to NAIUnited.com and learn more. NAI United, uniquely positioned to serve your needs.
Welcome back to Grow Siouxland. Chris McGowan with the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce and the Siouxland Initiative. So pleased that you've decided to spend part of your Saturday morning with us. Folks, it's going to be a good day to get some yard work done. Fall's around the corner. I'll be spending part of my day getting leaves out of the gutters and then hopefully watching some college football. Hopefully you're able to enjoy the weekend as well. Our guest today is retired Colonel Brian Miller of the 185th Air Refueling Wing. Colonel Miller now serves as the Director of Aviation for Morningside University. And Brian, uh, this is a very significant week because a few short days ago, Valerie Mejia made the first flight as an aviation student at Morningside University. How many years in the making? Well, it's been, it took us about four and a half years to do all this, Chris. You know, we started, it was pre-COVID when this whole idea kicked off, and we were on track to start two years ago, and COVID really put a dent into everything for us. So yeah, it, it's been over four years since we first started. And this really emerged from your commitment to the Air National Guard, recognizing that we needed more airport activity. Tell us why that's important and why Morningside Aviation helps address a shortcoming. Yeah, Chris, you know, a few years after I retired, I was uh, online one night and got on an FAA website just to see, it, it ranked how busy airports were as the bottom line. And, and Sioux City ranked it near the very bottom of that list. And the more I thought about it, I go, that, that, that puts our Air Guard unit in some jeopardy because, and they, it was talked about 10 years ago about closing our tower here in Sioux City. And with the tower, you know, if the tower goes away, it presents a big threat to the Air Guard unit. And so the best thing we could do to help the 185th, the tower, and really more importantly, the whole Siouxland community is to have a vibrant airport down there. We're very fortunate. We have a 9,000-foot runway, a 6,500-foot runway. We're located right in the middle of the country. It's a tremendous facility. And through nobody's fault, it's just been... I use the term a little neglected, and it was time to infuse some activity down there and turn that airport into an economic engine and a very powerful force for the Siouxland community. And so the quickest way to generate traffic in an airport is to, quite frankly, get a very reputable flight school going on it. And the way to do that, I thought the best way was, let's get a four-year flight program going. Uh, Morningside University now, was uh, we, we were so fortunate that they decided to step up and support that, that this initiative. And at the same time, you know, the, as you well know, the Siouxland Chamber of Commerce, the city of Sioux City, the Sioux City Airport Authority, Oracle Aviation, uh, who is the, the flight provider up here, all of these entities came together over a period of time and agreed that this was a, this was a great project to do. Uh, it's a win for everybody. And so, so with the help of all those entities, you know, this week was the, the, the initial flight, and it, it, was a, it was a great day for us. So again, congratulations to Morningside University and specifically student Valerie Mejia, who uh, was the first student to fly an airplane as part of Morningside University's aviation program. And Colonel Miller, you talked a little bit about um, the need to increase activity and the need stemmed from making sure that our federally staffed air traffic control tower 
had enough action. And our commercial flights, although flying to both Chicago and Denver on on a regular basis, um, just doesn't generate enough activity even with the Air National Guard. And so by starting a flight school, all of a sudden you have a bunch of students doing takeoffs and landings. Those are all recorded as activity or what in the industry they call movements. That helps our statistics go up and protects the federally funded air traffic control staff. Is that a safe assumption? That, that, that's, it, you put it very well, Chris. That's exactly it. The, the FAA doesn't care if it's a little Cessna or a big 747, that they just count movements, which in our world, for the most part, is takeoff and landings. And so by increasing that activity, it helps protect the tower. And if the tower is protected, it may in turn help us protect our Air National Guard unit. That, that, that's, that's exactly right. It, 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 all this stuff goes together. And so but by increasing, let me put it a different way. On top of all those good things that it does, we've got a whole bunch of vacant ground around our airport. And once we get a vibrant flight school going, uh, you know, the hope is we attract other industries. We, we hope 10 years from now there's all kinds of other economic, economic activity at our airport. You're listening to Gross Land on KSCJ, where our guest today is Colonel Brian Miller, retired commander of the 185th Air Refueling Wing. And Brian... This uh, first step with Morningside University, years in the making, but not only did you travel to Omaha and uh, in the Millard Airfield to visit with others who had run a flight school, you returned a year or so later with uh, President John Reinders, then president of Morningside University, with Chris Spicer, one of the associate deans of Morningside University. The Siouxland Initiative and Chamber of Commerce came along. On one of these trips, Mayor Bob Scott went along. There's been a significant investment of time and energy to make sure that our community gets this right. It, it has been. A, and as I said earlier, this is really a partnership um, amongst private and public sector. And, and I couldn't be more thrilled with Morningside. You know, after John left Reinders, Dr. Mosley took over, and he has been tremendously supportive of, of this initiative. So it's, it's been a seamless transition there. You know, in fact, we had Dr. Mosley on this program a, a number of weeks ago. And if memory serves, the plan coming out of COVID was to have the first students actively flying one year from now, and Dr. Mosley said, no, we're going to move faster than that. He did. He did, and uh, we had to jump through a few hoops, but uh, we're glad he did it because it just got us going that much quicker. There's also a partnership between Morningside uh, University Aviation and Oracle Aviation out of Omaha. Tell us a little bit about that relationship. Yeah, Oracle Aviation, uh, they operate out of Millard, Nebraska, basically a suburb of Omaha, and they took over the Millard Airport about five years ago. Uh, the, the airport was fairly dilapidated at the time, and Bob Negus and Dave Poole spearheaded that effort, and they have turned Millard into the second busiest airport in all of Nebraska. It's busier than Lincoln, Nebraska is, believe it or not. So it follows only Epley, which is the Omaha airport. Right, and here's the great thing about Bob and Dave and the whole Oracle team is they provide all the or half the flight training for UNO right now. So that they 
for the University of Nebraska Omaha. Yep, yep. So, so they have been doing exactly what we need done up here for the previous four years. Uh, and as you know, we went down and visited the UNO team just to help vet this entity called Oracle, and we couldn't be happier. I, honestly, Chris, if, if it hadn't been for Bob Negus and Dave Poole, I don't think any of this would have happened. And I know that at this time, uh, in a partnership with the city of Sioux City and other entities, uh, Oracle Aviation is completing a flight school location at Sioux Gateway Airport. They are. It's a uh, and it'll it'll be more than just a flight school. I mean, that's the the whole second floor of this new facility will be dedicated to Morningside's flight activities, but. On top of that, they're going to be, you know, repairing airplanes, selling airplanes, chartering airplanes, and all that. So, so it, it's a great shot in the arm for our airport. Brings another entity and more activity to Sioux Gateway Airport. Um, formerly Colonel Bud Dayfield, now Brigadier General Bud Dayfield. And uh, Brian, you were friends with Bud. I, I knew Bud pretty well. You bet. As, as were you, of course, Chris. And uh, what a what a great great American. I mean. I don't care who you are or what you've done. Uh, you probably don't stack up to what Bud Day did in his life. You know, obviously, uh, our airfield is named after a Medal of Honor recipient who grew up in Riverside. Uh, Bud enlisted in the Marines as a teenager uh, during World War II, uh, went on uh, after returning to earn a degree from, of all places, Morningside. Morningside College back in the day. And uh, I know they're very proud of, of all that Bud accomplished. But, of course, Bud leading a top-secret mission of F-100s, uh, forward air controllers was shot down on August 26th of 1967, uh, spent five years and seven months as a prisoner of war, as he often said, a prisoner at war in Vietnam. And uh, we're thrilled to see um, the name Brigadier General Bud Day on our airfield. And I'm very pleased to see the increased activity. I want to make sure that we protect that that tremendous asset for our community in the airport, the airfield, and of course, the 185th air refueling wing. Uh, Brian, in the last minute that we have together, I know that um, this activity also helps us as we pursue federal funding for ramp runway and other infrastructure for the 185th. It, it, it does. And remember, everything that benefits the 185th, you know, really benefits the whole airport. Well, so. and of course, tell us about some of those assets real quickly. I know we only have 45 seconds, but we have a fire station. We have long runways. There's a lot of reasons that this should become an epicenter for cross-country flying. It, it is. It's, uh, we, we have a tremendous airport that can handle any airplane in the world today, can land here, fuel here, and take off from here. We're right in the middle of the country. So when the, the planes are flying coast to coast, about 80% of the planes flying back and forth that are not airlines need to refuel somewhere en route. And we're going to make Sioux City that place. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, thanks for all you have done in leading uh, the initiative to get this program up, up and going. Thanks, Chris. As always, it's a pleasure to be here. Folks, that's it for this edition of Gross Land. We'll be back next Saturday morning. Go out and make it a great weekend.